on TV, online, and Ognyan Dimov. This is EPT Not Live. Ognyan! Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. Coming up on today's show, we talk EPT Malta. We have a new EPT champion, and everything that happened behind the scenes we couldn't tell you about then. We recap this week's TV show and a little bit of the week before we've been off for a couple of weeks because of Malta. We've got a new champion, Andre Latau. We have another edition of Superfan versus Stapes. Stapes is now officially two and one. And we'll have on guest Ike Haxon. As I mentioned, I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. But with me in the booth, my work wife, James Hardigan. I am knackered. It's been a shitty week already, right? And it's only Wednesday. No offense. We do have pretty cool jobs, but... Uh, I know we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of Malta a bit later on. I want to say I had a blast up until the final 18 hours. Yeah, well, you know, we had another uh, 20-something day, 20-something hour day, which is, is never that fun. No. What makes it all worthwhile, though, is the great feedback we get, not just to the live streams we do, but to this show as well. You'll be pleased to know, Joe, that okay. people are still being very positive using the hashtag EPTNotLive on Twitter. Now, Paul Walsh has finally caught up with the shows. Do you remember why Paul didn't listen to the shows originally? Because his dog was sick. No, because it was on a closed platform. Closed platform. Oh, we got a lot of mileage out of that closed platform tweet. Paul has realized that we're not just on iTunes. You can download us from a range of places. And he says, I've caught up with all of the shows. Great job, guys. Oh, good for you. Alex W says, driving to Aberdeen, listening to EPT Not Live. Stapes, you have made me sad. First you talked about Sam, and then I started crying. Hashtag oh, tears. the Sam Simon thing. Yeah, you got a lot of praise for those stories, by the way. Tobias saying, Stapes, I don't know if it's the correct word, but your obituary or your stories about Sam Simon, outstanding. You nailed it. Cool, man. Thank you. Uh, Stefan thought it was another awesome episode. He says, keep them coming. Christopher says, I really love EPT Not Live, but... The super fan trivia is unbearably bad. You should consider changing or eliminating it. <laughs> oh, man, that's brutal. Now, we're not going to eliminate it because, you know what? I want to reward people for being EPT super fans. We want to give away prizes. There will be a slight change today, and that change will be to do with the toughness of the questions because I am not... You're going to make them harder. No, I'm not beyond listening to constructive criticism. People said it was too hard. I am beyond listening to constructive criticism. I hate it. I don't want your constructive criticism. Keep it to yourself. I got some shit on Twitter last week from this guy. Like some guy said something to me about how we need, um, he's like criticizing the sketches, I think. We need a writer. No, there was that guy and then there was a different one. Yeah, whatever. And then I, I tweeted back at him. I'm guessing none of your seven followers are a girlfriend. And this dude, Alan Poker, whatever, I don't know who this fucking guy is, but occasionally he says some weird shit to me. And he was like, oh, real way to bully a guy who's giving you constructive criticism. In his tweet, he said you're fucking annoying or something, which I don't take as constructive criticism. I mean, the original tweet was a bit aggressive. Your response was kind of passive aggressive. Point being, his it wasn't constructive criticism. It wasn't constructive criticism. Also, I don't want constructive criticism either. Fuck off. I don't want any of your criticism. Well, Tell me I'm great or don't talk to me at all. Well, I'm going to listen to the fans. Some okay. of them feel that the questions on the Superfan vs. Stapes contest have been a bit too hard. So we've come down a notch. Just slightly. Just a little just bit. Just slightly. All to right. make it more winnable. Well, 
I don't know if that's going to help me or hurt me, but whatever. I uh, Actually, James, you talked about how tired we are. You know, we have a crazy week this week. We're doing a voiceover today, a podcast today. I got stand-up tonight. Tomorrow we got another voiceover yep. EPT TV show. And, of course, we had that crazy final table that went till 5 o'clock in the morning. I had to get on a uh, uh, in a car to the airport like three hours later. Been there, seen it, done it, which is why I will never book a morning flight after a final table ever. I didn't fly till five for that very reason. Well, there's a reason why I always do get the early flights because I like to have the night because typically we weren't going to, we were going to start working right away. So I wanted to have Sunday night to be able to do something if I wanted. And I had a date scheduled for Sunday night. So I wanted to get back. But of course I was, I was exhausted. So I went out on this date and it was a sort of date where like I didn't really want to push the issue and I had the excuse of being tired. So like around nine o'clock, I was just like, look, uh, hey, I'm just super tired. And we met up at like six. When you say push the issue, can you provide clarity? Like, I think please? I could have moved on from the bar to somewhere more quiet. And I just decided I, I wasn't really sure I, where I wanted the date to go. Somewhere quiet like your bedroom? Like my house. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that okay, could have happened. I just want to cut through the euphemisms and just Sorry. get to the point. Well, I, it's better if you cut through the euphemisms and just let me do them so I don't look like a complete scumbag. So, uh, but I, I decided Fail. I was, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to be able, like whether I wanted that to happen. And so I just said, Hey, look, I'm really tired. I've had a good time. Maybe we can hang out again. And I meant that. Um, but then as soon as she left, I was like, I had like a little fire in my belly and I was kind of was like, man, I kind of wish I hadn't sent her home. Now I really want to like get into some trouble. So I decided I was just going to fire up Tinder in the oh, bar gosh. I was at, and I just basically, ca- like, I basically was like a fisherman. Do you see the guys over on the docks? They have like seven fishing poles, and they just drop all the lines in, and they just wait to see where there's a bite. That's kind of what I did. And I, I had one match happen right away. Now, Gilly, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Gilly's our produ- one of our producers, by the way. Have you ever had the experience on Tinder where you, you match someone and you meet up, like, right away? No, right? And apparently people do this, but I've never had that. It's always you got to work on them for a few days. But this girl, it seemed like we were going to meet up right away. Now, just to clarify, this Tinder app, it's looking for people who are in your vicinity, right? Yes, it's used, I have it set to three miles, which in London is a long distance, sure. actually. Was there anyone actually in that bar? No, not in the bar, and it wouldn't tell you if they were. It, it, it's not like Grinder's a good one, man. I wish I was gay. The gays have it so good. The gays have it amazing. The, the Grinder will tell you if they're like how many feet away they are. Wow. And if you're counting the length of their erection, I mean, sometimes it's even closer. But Isn't it fair to say that Grindr is a lot more honest, though? I mean, Grindr is basically like, you want to get together for sex, this is for you. Yes, and that's because... And that's what Tinder is, but they pretend it's about well, that's dating. Be- but that's because men can be honest with each other because it doesn't matter. We're like, if with women, you have to pretend like you're looking for something. The girls have to pretend like they're looking for more, and the guys have to pretend like... It's a mm. big freaking game that... But if you don't pretend, you get eliminated right away. So I matched with this girl, and it looked like we were gonna start, we were gonna meet up. But then it's Sunday night, and it's London. Even though London's a huge metropolis, like you don't like Sunday night, your p- options School are re- really limited. And so it's getting later and later. And I sort of get the feeling that she's stringing me along. But then all of a sudden, she she's like, you know what? Everything's gonna be closed. I could just come over to yours. And I was like, man, this sounds too good to be true. And I'm so I'm playing it. I'm playing it real safe. And I am not, I'm also not the type that gets real lewd over text because I see what girls have to deal with and I'd rather just be the guy. So she's like, what if, what will we do if I came over? I was like, well, let's get drunk and play video games. And she's like, that sounds boring. And I was like, oh, what should I have said? We'll get drunk and fuck. And she was like, yes, that sounds more interesting. And I was like, okay, cool. And then what happened was she slowly convinced me to sext her. So we had like a big sexting session, like 25, 30 minutes worth And then when she got off, like when she finished, she fucking blocked me. 
It was unbelievable. Like I, I got used. I got Tinder, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's what that feels like." Are you a hundred percent sure you were talking to a girl? No. How could I be? Because I read this story about the fact that there's this bot which is matching guys with guys. It basically is a fake profile of a woman. Yeah. Guys then want to match with this with this fake woman. Yeah. And what the what the bot then does is matches the guys with each other and they end up sexting each other, not realizing that they're talking to another guy. Yes, but I do think if I said something to her like, I would like to lick your whatever, that a man might have responded, Hey, I don't have one of those. Some people don't really pay attention. No, no, no. Yeah, he's probably a dude. I mean, it could have been a guy that just like got off on that sort of thing. Like it easily could have been. But I felt I felt so used. I was like, I didn't she didn't even get to know me. Maybe she would have really liked me. And no one is playing any violins for you, Joe Stapleton. No, I know. But the reason I want to bring up Tinder is that I went on a Tinder date in Malta, and it just so happened that Gilly was on a Tinder date at the same time in the same bar. and With the same girl. Wasn't the same girl, but the girls knew each other. They knew each other. They had gone to school together. Small island. And so I looked over at Gilly, and it seemed like he maybe needed a little help on his date. Like, he just, he didn't really seem like he was having that great of a time. So we combined forces, and it was a blast. We had an excellent time. We all lasted there, like, maybe another 40 minutes. The girls were really cool. Uh, we went back to Gilly's hotel room, attempted to play a drinking game for about five seconds, and the girls were dead. God, Gilly was getting so upset, and I had to, because Gilly's, like, a more of a card player than I am, right? So he was, like... We play this. It's just called. It's a high-low game, right? You point at a card and you say whether the next card off the deck is going to be higher or lower. It's Bruce Forsyth's play your cards right. Higher or lower than a seven? You say a seven? You say it's a six. Right. And so, but the girls were like pointing at a three and being like lower. And Matt's like, hey, uh, I don't think you're really getting them. And I'm like, Matt, just shut up. Just shut up and let them do what they want. Like if you try too much to make a girl like play like game theory optimal in drinking games, you're just going to chase them off. So eventually... Lower than a three, you say? It's another three. Nothing for a pair. Not in this game. <laughs> and so the best part is that when, when the girls make really dumb decisions, but they're right, you get to act like they're heroes. That's And that's why you got to let that fly. Okay, Gilly? I'm going to give you some advice here. So eventually I leave him and his date, me and my date, have, uh, also leave and that's the end of that story and then finally James I gotta tell you I showed up here an hour early today I was here an hour early were you not aware of the clock thing? I was aware of the clock thing but um, my computer was set for Malta time and because my computer's broken my computer's busted it's not it doesn't connect to the internet anymore slight and, problem and so I didn't realize that it was not an hour later because it, it never, like when you're on the internet, your clock adjusts automatically. Yeah, because when, you can't get online. The clock doesn't update. Yeah. You're still on Central European time, so you're an hour and a half. So of I, left my, I left my house an <laughs> hour early. Honestly, who goes by the clock on their computer? Because I was working like right up until the point where I was like, man, where did the time go? I really got to get off fucking Facebook. Jesus. I mean, I know you don't have to have a watch, but most people go like with the phone or the microwave. No one goes by the clock on their computer. That's not the real question. The real question is, how did I lose an hour and just go with it? <laughs> like, that shows you a lot about what's going on in my brain space I that say, I didn't even notice. I was like, well, I guess it's time to go. That's the least of your problems. <laughs> let's say, hey, let's do a little news. That's not news. That's not the news button. That's the all in for Jesus button. I like the song anyway, but we're going to we're not going to listen to it. Right. Let's do a little news. Now, did you come up with any lyrics for the news sting yet? I think I, I think I do. Oh, Let's I give can't it a go. wait. You're Let's so give it good. A go. All right, here we go. 
What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. Yes, yes, that is exactly what I wanted. I mean, you could have done any better. And also, I cannot wait to get credit for that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I thought we'd talk about today in the news is the European Poker Awards that happened while we were in Malta. Uh, James and I were uh, nominated, we, the team, I should say, the whole team uh, was nominated in a couple different spots. Um, uh, and we lost everything. Yes. We, we bricked out. Shark Cage was nominated in the Poker Innovation category. I knew it didn't stand a chance. But the thing frankly. that should have won didn't win. Yeah, I kind of thought that uh, Spin and Go would win, or rather the French people who claim they invented it first. Oh, I, and probably did. Sure. I, I <laughs> genuinely thought that was going to take it down. Instead, it went to another poker site because they created some new software. Woohoo! Um, obviously, it was slightly disappointing to lose. I thought the WPT was going to get it for four-color decks. <laughs> In the uh, poker <laughs> media content category, I kind of thought we stood a chance. Yeah. Um, but no, I should have known better. Yeah, we lost at that too. And that's like, uh, so we lost to that French documentary. What's it called? Nosebleed, right? Yeah. The, the irony is the only reason why I'm disappointed is because, you know, you're sitting there and you're one of four nominees. You think, well, even though we're at the underdogs, there's still a one in four chance that we have to go up on stage. You don't look like a complete douche. So let's prepare something. Let's yeah. think about what we're going to say. And you came up with an awesome bit based on the fact that Pierre Neville had not been around to pick up his award. Yeah, right before they announced this category, they're like, oh, the next player, like, we're just, he didn't know he was getting the award and he's gone home already. And so they they give this award to Pierre, a Lifetime, lifetime, achieve, lifetime Achievement, lifetime yeah. achievement award to Pierre Neville. And um, what would have happened is he would have come to the stage and made a speech while they were playing this video behind him, like a montage. But because he wasn't there, all they played was the video and it looked like he had died. It was like in memoriam, Pierre Neuville. So what I wanted to do, I was like, look, if we win, we can give a real speech. We came up with a pretty neat real speech also that James was going to handle the, the the serious parts. And I was going to, we were all going to tag it at the end of, it was like, hey, it's, you know what? I'm not going to tell her because maybe we'll use it next year. But <laughs> no, probably not. There'll be another French documentary. Um, so Pierre Neuville, it looked like he had died. So what I really want to do is get up there and just be like, I just really want to uh, to dedicate this award to Pierre Noville, and you know we we just lost him too soon, and he's just Joe. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. What? Yeah. He's still alive. What? He just went home early. Oh my god! I thought he was dead. <laughs> and so that's what I wanted to do, and that's the I, that was the biggest bummer for me was that we didn't get to do that bit because that would have been an amazing bit. Um, and the other thing is that like I didn't think of it till the next day, luckily. Because if I had thought about it on the spot, I should have run up on stage and been like, y'all need to respect true artistry. You should give this award to Remco Rinkema because he knows what true artistry is. And I would have done like the Kanye thing. It would have been a good way for me to get like some stage time, but also not seem like a total dick because, you know, it's still kind of funny. I believe in accentuating the positive. Uh, we got a free dinner. Yes. We got free drinks. Yes. And we got to present an award. Yes. Now, we did get to do have a little bit of fun up on stage. And uh, I, I don't know how many people listen to the show are aware of this or not. Before I, before I get into it, I want to say it's not a thing. It's not a thing. But back in the PCA, Martin Jacobson tweeted some very harsh words about EPT Live. The whole internet jumped down his throat. He apologized. We're all cool. And honestly, I don't. I never had a problem with it because he didn't tag me in the tweet. So remember before when I was like, if you have constructive criticism, keep it to yourself. You can say whatever you want. Just don't tag me. And I think what he said was he took issue with the fact that EPT Live was hosted by two mediocre comedians. Now, personally, I took that as a compliment. I'm happy to be a mediocre comedian because I'm not trying to be funny. Right. 
I didn't take it as a compliment, A, because I do, I would like a little bit of credibility in the poker department. I know I'm not like really a poker expert and I'll never be as good as the world champion at poker, but I want a little bit of credibility, but also I don't want to be a mediocre comedian. I want to at best want to be like an okay or pretty good comedian at worst. So whatever, it did sting a little bit, but like I said, because he didn't say it to me, I couldn't get mad at him. He's not my, I don't follow him on Twitter. I wasn't supposed to see it. Some other muckraker decided to show me the tweet at which point I responded and the internet blew up but I tried to respond in a funny way it doesn't matter so anyway he wrote to me on Facebook it's not a thing it's really not a thing however uh, James and I were presenting an award and Martin happened to be nominated and you know I can't just I can't just leave things alone no I needed to say something Ever. so here is uh, here's the clip of me and James uh, presenting at the European Poker Awards uh, we didn't have time to edit it so I'm really not sure what point's coming through so we'll see what, what happens here I'm sorry this award isn't being presented by uh, two poker professionals, but instead two mediocre comedians. Hi, Martin. Hi. I'm the winner. Martin Jacobson for the 2014. And it was actually a really cool moment because Martin came up on stage. He was all smiles. We got to shake his hand. Um, it was, you know, it, it was, it was a nice little end to it. There were probably four people in the audience who got the joke as usual with my jokes at these award ceremonies, but I, I thought it was really cool. It was, it was a nice little nod to him. And, you know, he actually told me afterward that he would have been upset if I hadn't said something about it. So, uh, he totally got that. The one last thing I want to talk about. So we lost in the category. I, I look, I wanted to win. I wanted to win in the, um, you know, best media content or whatever. And we lost to this nosebleed movie that was, uh, I didn't realize whenever he kept talking about the guy who made the movie, I didn't realize that we know him. Like he's a blogger. He's, he's on the guy who writes the French version of the Pokestars blog. Yeah. So it's like French Brad Willis basically won the, uh, or French Stephen Bartley, you know, won this award. I just had a vision of a French version of Stephen Bartley and it was very amusing. He's got a beret and a pencil mustache. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, 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 bonjour. He's, Je he, m'appelle Stephen Bartley. It's hard to hold a notepad and a baguette at the same time. Uh, so I, I didn't realize. I was like, oh my God, that guy. Like, And then all of a sudden, I was way happier for him than I originally was. Because I was like, oh, some French douchebag made a movie. Who fucking cares? I mean, that's really what I thought. Because I haven't seen the movie. I don't really care to watch movies about poker. But then when I saw I was like, no, this dude's like on media row. I was really proud of him and I was really happy. And so at the media uh, the, at the media event, he played uh, the poker, the media event. And I went up to him and I was like, hey man, I just want to say I'm super proud of you. It's awesome. Like I've seen you around forever and I didn't really put it together that you're the guy that made the movie. And um, you, you made a movie that's incredible. And I'm, I'm so glad and I'm so happy for you that you won the award. And I just, I honestly didn't even put it together until I saw your name up there, Vincent. And then I went and sat down and I was sitting next to Neil Stoddard at the media tournament. He's like, hey, that was really nice and gracious of you, but um, his name is Victor. <laughs> oh, Joe Stapleton strikes again. Event recap. Event recap. What's the name of this song? What's this song called? Song, thought, song, please. I Can thought, you please tell me the name of the song? I thought I was going to get in there before anyone was able to ask. It's called Spectrums. You can download it from audionetwork.com. So this song, right? This is on all the Malta promos because I, I don't know what Maltese music is. 
I, I'm sure there is some, but I'm sure it sounds like Italian or French or Greek music. But. It's weird. I imagine it's something in between Italian and African because one <laughs> thing you could tell is with the island, it's clearly heavy influence of both, but also major British presence as well. Yeah, Malta's weird. It's really weird, but in a good way. I think in the best possible way because it's like... I sound like an ignorant American when I say this shit, but like it feels like being in a real European country, but everyone is very Western at the same time, like like English. Well, I mean, they drive on the English side yeah. of the road. They have English plug sockets, which I didn't know when I packed all my Euro chargers. Yeah. But to be honest, that wasn't the worst calamity. I headed to the airport without my passport. So quite frankly, you're lucky you got me there. And to I have start never with. done that, by the way. I have never forgotten my passport. So I feel like I just have so much moral high ground on you these days. So when it comes to this song, people love it. And they always ask us, what's it called? And like, I seriously spent sometimes up to 20 or 30 minutes a day in Malta responding to people, asking about this song. And all I want to say is, this song is bullshit. It's like on a, it's on like a music licensing site. Like it's a joke. It's not a real song. It's it's like a, basically a knockoff of something. Well, the great thing is we're not going to play that promo anymore. That'll be probably the last time you hear that music. Now you can field the questions about the music that we've used in the Monaco and promo. And we got that too. Yeah, it's... it's really annoying i'm like no no no! it's budget music like it's but yeah, no it's cheapo shit like you shouldn't like it but, but whatever to echo what we said at the start of the show um obviously always great to go somewhere new and somewhere different uh i think it's fair to say this festival was a big success i think most people like the island they like the resort whether they were staying at the hilton or the western dragonara they like the venue they like the range of tournaments on offer 69 events more than ten thousand entries yeah across the festival um and i thought it was a really great trip as i said up until the final day where the final table went on for like three days it was it was great there was so much i liked about malta obviously the the poker playing stuff doesn't appeal to me because i don't get to play and i don't really care to but what i really loved about it i got to play you played in the charity event right i did indeed my second final table in a charity event with no cash prizes on the line in a row there is uh there's two things james there's actually three things james is really good at one is actually genuinely impressive so i don't want to spend too much time on it but he does impressions of people and they're fucking awesome two is he really knows how to make up dumb lyrics to songs that aren't supposed to have them. <laughs> and you should three, hear my Sex in the City theme. And three, I can you we can you do it right now? No, because it's commercial music, and yeah, I, I you like know it, we we can't afford the royalties. I doubt we would get done for that, but whatever. Uh, and the third is push fold poker. This guy is amazing at it. He min caches the like, you know, how every tournament that we can afford to play, whether it be a free roll or like a $150 nightly tournament at Ari or something, there's always a stage, usually like maybe after the first hour where it's just push fold. Like there's no play to it at all. I and mean, you are so good at hanging on in those situations. These events are complete turbo donkuments. You've basically got play for the first couple of levels, but if you don't pick up a hand, just fold, get yourself down to 20, 15 to 20 big blinds and just shove or reshove. You can't go wrong. Yeah, and you're really good at it. Like, you pick good spots. You run pretty well. I'm not going to say you run amazingly well, but you run about where you should. Yeah. Whereas people like me, like, I, I would lose, like, 90% of my flips. So, so you're crushed. So you finished fourth. Third. 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 Jake Cody came second. Sin Mellon won it. And our boss, Francine, finished fourth. Uh, I think she was fifth or sixth, but, but yeah, final table cool. appearance for her. Shows you what a joke it probably is. Anyway, um, so yeah, you got to play some poker. To me, what's really what, what I really love about Malta was the fact that uh, 
I, I mentioned that it's very English, but it's not just that, but they grow up learning Maltese and English from birth. So they're, it's not that they're just fluent English speakers. Like they just speak English. So everyone there gets humor. They get American humor. They get English humor. Yeah. So, which is weird. Cause you're used to, I'm used to when I talk to people with accents, them not like getting me all the time, but they get it there. And the other thing I really loved about it is that, look, I'm not going to name names. Doville, but some of the places we go to and you go to a restaurant they're really irritated by your presence you know they're like they're like oh they're upset that, that you have a big party and that you order a lot of food in malta the people all seem genuinely happy to be serving you and i don't mean serving but like to sell you stuff to be making money so the, the the service there was some of the best that I had seen and there were no attitude and everyone's like, welcome to my bar. Very welcoming. Yeah, like, and just, you know, it, there was nothing intimidating about it all. And what I also liked is that within a five minute walk of the casino, there were so many choices of places you could go to to have a nice dinner, which is also sometimes not great. Like it's a small island and there's just so much to do. If we had an MVP award for our live events, my MVP for Ipsy Malta is going to Horace, who manned the omelette station at the Western oh, Dragonara. Horace is the man, absolutely. Let's get, uh, you know what? I'm going to send a, a basket of, a, typically they're apology kittens, but yep. these are going to be um, appreciation kittens. <laughs> basket of appreciation kittens over to Horace at, uh, at the Western. It's just such, like, that's exactly the kind of situation I'm talking about, James. Like, there's like a line around the block for omelettes and the dude's smiling, he's talking to people, he's just a very... Affable, affable yeah friendly dude and i like that and that was like th that was pretty much everyone in malta so i thought that was really cool now we did um we did go to meet and co for dinner one night where i had a kind of an awkward thing happen at meet and co yeah um i think it was one of the photographers on the tour one of the danny guys maxwell yeah in the media he was having a birthday dinner and there was a table of about 12 or 13 people and Joe, as a very nice gesture, decided to send over a round of drinks. Said to the waiter, do you mind sending a, a round of tequila shots yes. over to the birthday party over there and uh, and I'll pick up the tab. And the guy went, yeah. Saw the he went, he go, are you sure? Because there's 12 of them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, however many people there are, no problem. And the tequila got taken over and um, not so much as a wave. Didn't get, didn't get a, didn't get a thank you. Didn't get a wave. Didn't even get a glance in my direction. But what's hilarious? The following morning on EPT Live on the live stream, you called out <laughs> every single member of the poker media who was at that dinner for not saying thank you or for even acknowledging your presence. And we know they listened to the stream. Not one of them came up to you later. Still that day. got no wave, no nod, no look in my direction. And I the, think in summary, they don't like you. It, it maybe. Maybe that's what it is. The thing is, like, it's such an awkward spot for me because obviously, like, you don't do it specifically for the thank you and the praise, but you do you are also at the same time. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, James, what do I do? Like, should I just go over and like be like Hey, it was me. Remember those tequila shots you had an hour and a half ago, but aren't clearly aren't going to come over and like, that was me. Do you guys just think like tequila is free on the island of Malta? Cause I, I don't remember reading that in the photos guide. I'm pretty sure that, you know, that it doesn't. And you know, what I am finding out later is that sin got credit for it. No. And they're all like sin. Thanks for the shots. And she's like, it wasn't me. And they were like, ah, oh, come on, come on. Of course it wasn't. She's like, really? It's not me. I don't like tequila. And they're like, bottoms up. So I guess next time I buy a round of tequila shots, I have to say, hey, waiter, make sure you tell them who it's from. Maybe Thank you. Maybe make a card over with the drinks. Um, something I wanted to try and crack was a, a, what looked like a code in one of your tweets from Malta. Okay. Joe, you don't tweet a lot, by the way, when you're at a live event, but you did make some comment about flush. 
that was nothing to do with poker. Oh, yeah. No, this was... Okay, so no one else in the room here was there, right? Did you notice that the toilets, especially where we were, like, weren't very powerful? I'm pleased to say that I only had to use the urinals at the venue. Oh. I was able to keep all of the business to my hotel room. Oh, my my uh, schedule's all over the place. I can't tell. I mean, I, when I'm working out, I go, like, sometimes three or four times a day, which is weird, but when my metabolism's high. So anyway... Uh, the, the toilets were not very powerful and there was two separate occasions when I couldn't get it to go down. And so you Joe Stapleton left a floater. I, well, the thing is like I, you stand there, right? And you wait for it to refill. And then I was trying all kinds of different techniques, right? I was like, maybe if I flush it, like move the handle real fast, like crank it real fast. Or maybe if I pump it and pumping, it I was like, I was like, it's working. It's working. No, it didn't work. And like, there's a certain point when you've been there for like seven minutes. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I got to go back on the air. Yes. I left the floater twice, two different times. And one of the times Noah's in the bathroom. So I always pull this move, right? I always pull this move where I go from the stall to the urinal. <laughs> to immediately to the urinal. And then I'm peeing. And so then when someone comes in behind me, I'm always like, and if it smells real bad, like anytime I'll do this. Oh. If, because if it, I don't want credit for that smell. Someone walks in, I'll be like, this bathroom's gross, huh? And then I'll then I'll pee at the urinal and then go wash my hands I'm, afterwards. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call time on this scatological no conversation. Okay, start, I'm starting to dry heave. Sorry. Fine. Uh, what, what are the, we had uh, Miss Finland. On the on the webcast, we nom had a, nom 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 snowman's. I fi I found uh, you guys should go back and watch the replay if you can. I found uh, that also there is a, a horse, a thoroughbred horse named Miss Finland, and so we played a game on the show where James had to guess whether the fact I was reading was about Miss Finland the human or Miss Finland the horse. And I'll tell you this, he did not get all of them correct. <laughs> It was a very, very fun competition, which went down very well with the audience. Talking of the audience, uh, obviously, everyone knows that we stream at PokerStars.tv, YouTube.com slash PokerStars. But recently, uh, we've started relaying our live streams at Twitch.tv slash PokerStars as well. Twitch is a new platform for us. We're finding a new audience there. Now, whereas most of our communication with our audience is on Twitter, Twitch has that live chat box. Constant stream of consciousness of... Uh, trolls, a lot of them. No offense, guys. I like a lot of those kids, but there's a, there's more of a... What is it? It's more of a mob mentality. It's more like dealing with a bunch of... Look, they seem like they're in their late teens, to be honest. Like They seem in early 20s, late teens, uh, just sort of, you know, just... But we want everyone to feel welcome. Yes. So you don't want to ignore the guys. And that's why we ran a couple of competitions that were exclusive to the people watching on Twitch. You can yeah. enter in the chat box there. You want to acknowledge them. You want If someone does ask a genuine question or makes a salient comment, totally. you want to relay that on air. So for the first time ever, you and Matt Broughton were keeping a tab on the chat on Twitch and we made them feel that they were part of the EPC Live family. Yes, and for the most part, people were great. Once we included them, once we sort of acknowledged them, then the, the Twitch became more manageable. But when they're left unattended, right? When they're left unattended, things get like a little rowdy in the Twitch chat. And it just so happened that uh, during one of our breaks, we were rolling some break content, and I decided that I would read aloud to everyone in the room just the stream of consciousness that was happening in Twitch. And uh, I happened to James recorded some of it for me, and uh, I've got it here. We're going to play it for you guys. What's up, my babies? It's uh, it's blog time from here in Malta, and I've been really lagging on the blogs, but I thought it would be really funny that I, I could read some of the Twitch comments that we get during the break content for you guys. So uh, here we go. Um, camera guy, lol. Fatty. Lol. So bad. A picture of Borat smacking his face. Heavy. Ah, inertia at work. I would lick her feet. I would let her shit on my chest. 
This yeah, is a female. Oh, this is actually someone who's nice. Team member yeah, I'm sure you on camera. Fox are in amazing shape. Only the weak-minded feel the need to mock someone they don't even know. Wow, there's someone with a brain in there. WTF? Hot lips. to one hand. 9/11. At least she is better than Twitch chat. Getting drunk with baseball bats. 9/11. Lol. Bush did 9/11. Confirmed. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say 9/11 next time they ask me to stick to the poker. Security guards lol. I don't know how they knew, but he is lolling right now, which is weird. All right, not exactly right now, but he was. Her friend is even hotter. BGG. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it's insulting. Hold on, they slowed down. They ran out of terrible things to say about gays and minorities. More mass equals more joy, right? Double the pleasure. BBW. Okay, so you guys get the, get the gist. So, left unattended, it was all about sex and poop and nine eleven and and how fat people are, and it was just it was it's a lot to take in. But the thing is, I did become desensitized to it eventually, which is disturbing in itself. But also good for me because I tend to take things really personally, and so um, I, dealing with the Twitch chat and like sort of learning how to ignore certain things and when not to ignore things because I do think there's a certain amount of mileage you can get out of trolls, and I sort of struggle, you know, with me and my bosses think that the trolls should be ignored completely, and I think that if I can get mileage out of it, um, you know, the guy, this guy's like, I'm so glad I took the day off from work to listen to this because you guys suck. And I was just like, well, I'm sure the McDonald's is going to get by fine without you. If I can make a good joke out of it, I'm fine to do stuff like that. Um, so, but it was good. It was good. I, I like the Twitch thing. I'm happy for it. And I think I'm actually going to do some streaming myself on Twitch, not playing poker, but I'm going to play like Tetris or something or, you know, um, Snake. Snake, yeah, on Tetris. I'm going to be like stre streaming Snake. Uh, game over uh, right now. So I... There's one thing that happened behind the scenes, by the way, in Malta on the final table day that James and Francine and Robin and Ben and a bunch of people all worked very hard to cover up a major fuck up by me. A huge fuck up, like a very embarrassing thing, which I wouldn't have minded if it went out on the air, but they like scrambled. So the way it works is, why, why don't you tell everyone actually? Well, the idea is that Joe introduces the players at the final table. So Joe's down on the floor and he reads a little bit of biographical information, maybe throws in a joke, says how many chips they're coming into the final table with, play then gets underway. Now, bear in mind that the final table officially starts when we're down to eight players. So we played around two and a half hours of an eight-handed final table on the penultimate day, and then we played our six-handed final table on the final day. So there were the chip counts the players had when they were eight-handed, and there were the chip counts the players had when they were six-handed. Which chip counts did you use, Joe? I used, I used the eight-handed chip counts. And how, how accurate were they related to where they actually stood in chips at the start of the final day? Not, not very accurate. Right. And uh, what was the solution? The solution was that Francine took the editor, Josh, who is already very overworked and had been basically chained to his desk overnight because of how complicated Challenge Stapes was to shoot and edit, mm. that she then... So let me get this right. A guy who's already been inconvenienced by you once then has to be inconvenienced by you again. That uh, is, is yes, that that is correct. Are you proud? No, I'm not proud. And so she she made him on the fly, like in that 45-minute delay, edit out all of the chip counts 
and it went to air without me looking really, really stupid. At least you're wearing a jacket this time. I was wearing a jacket and shoes this time. <laughs> so let's uh, let's put a little let's put a let's put a pin in Malta right now. But before we do, we're gonna have a guy. He's gonna have the last word on Malta. I mean, when you think of Malta, who do you think of? No, not Sean Bean in Game of Thrones being beheaded by the Sept of Baylor. You think spoiler? You think of Ike Haxton from Team Pokestars Pro Online. Hey, Ike, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, you are still in Malta. We have all left Malta. What was it like having the, the tour come to town? It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed uh, showing all of my friends my favorite haunts around the neighborhood. And the EPT is really just like right on my doorstep. So I knew the surrounding area. It was fun to take my friends out in my hometown, I guess. <laughs> was it fun or was it annoying? Because, like, for me, right, like, when I'm on tour, I like going out. I have no problem going out. But when the tour's in London, I just want to go home. Like, I don't want to take people out. Were you, was it genuinely fun or did you feel, like, obligated to go out? It was genuinely fun. I, I guess on occasion I felt obligated to go out. But what are you, what are you, like were you that. killing a spider? What just happened? Did, was there, like, a giant spider walk across your desk? <laughs> There's construction going oh, on Jesus. in the apartment next to mine. It was really bad during the EPT. They would just start... It sounded like they were just drilling into the sheetrock next door. They'd start at 8.30 in the morning every day during the EPT. That is the one thing I noticed about Malta. A lot of construction, a lot of cranes. And some of the construction looks like it's been going on for some time. Centuries. Maybe, exactly. Maybe several several decades, if not centuries. Yeah. Uh, this, this area of Malta is being built up pretty quickly. Or Ike, if you could just not dribble a basketball during this interview, that would be great. <laughs> Thank you. I've been hoping they would be done by now, but uh, that was optimistic. That's going to be so shitty for you because you keep really weird hours, don't you? I do keep really weird hours. Yeah, I'm going to go to bed as soon as we get off this call. I've been up since about midnight. How do you sleep through that? It sounds like someone's hitting your wall with a giant fish. Yeah, it's it's not great. Do you do earplugs or, or Xanax or anything like that? Um... No, uh, I like to think of it as a good opportunity to practice equanimity. I, I like <laughs> meditating, and, you know, if you get into a sort of Buddhist mindset about it and just think of the hammering and drilling as an opportunity to practice equanimity, it's an unexpected gift from the universe. Wow, that's a really, really, that's like not just the glass is half full, like that's the glass is overflowing with equanimity. My response is just hammer on the wall and go, shut the fuck up, I'm trying to sleep! Yeah, James does. That's what Zoe does if I'm not home. I, I'm agreeing with Zoe's response. I think that's proportionate. <laughs> uh, the weird thing is, like, we didn't see you at all for the 10 days we were in Malta, and it was particularly weird because we had another ridiculously epic final table with a heads-up battle that went on until 6am. And normally, that's when we rely on you to save us from insanity and stop the wheels falling off. But that's you weren't there. That's my specialty. There were a lot of great cash games this week in Malta, and when I wasn't playing tournaments, I was in the cash game room doing that. Uh... I had a really busy week and have mostly just been sleeping since everybody left town. And so in the cash games, were they good uh, just because, was it typical EPT regs, or did some of the locals make it a point to come out, like some of the guys that might have money in the area that don't normally play because there are so many people there? No, I didn't see any locals. I, I saw the usual 
regulars in the EPT high stakes games and EPT high rollers. Um, I feel like the cash games at EPT stops have been really taking off lately that, uh, I don't know, how long has it been that we've had PokerStars staff taking over the cash game room in the casino for It's been for a few seasons now. I mean, there are some events where obviously the casino still wants to run the cash games, but at most venues on the tour now, it's very much something that we want to control and give players the same experience at the cash tables as they get at the tournament tables. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's really starting to take hold and people know they can expect a well-run high stakes game at an EPT stop and people are showing up with money ready to play. Some people traveling really just to play the cash games. The weird thing is like I did meet quite a few of the locals because I played in the charity event and a lot of the local businessmen turned out for that. All of them, all of them work in the clubbing industry. (laughs) Right around the casino for sure. Uh, there are a lot of nightclubs. It's amazing. I would like. I, I would just like to tell those guys that maybe they would make more money if the drinks weren't all two euros each. That was like my favorite thing about Malta. I seriously, other than the Hilton where the hotel was, I don't think I paid more than five euros for a drink anywhere. Yeah, partying in Malta is cheap. And so when you when you were taking folks around, you said you genuinely had a good time showing folks around. Did you um did you did people like rely on you too much though? I feel like that's the other thing is like people when they know you live somewhere, they ask you like the dumbest questions uh, that they could so much would be better answered by Google. Did you get a lot of that? Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't think it was too bad. That's good. Maybe everyone's just intimidated, too, to, like, waste Ike's precious time with dumb questions. I think Ike also (laughs) preempted the questions by writing an awesome article for the PokerStars blog, by the way, giving, like, local tips, especially a great list of restaurants. Sadly, Ike, we didn't get to all of them, but we did check out um, uh, Salt and Pepper, Salia Pepper, the Italian restaurant on the marina, which was fantastic. And a big favorite of ours was the steak restaurant, Meat & Co. Two very good recommendations. Glad you guys liked them. Yeah, Meat and Co is very good. I had a I had a, an excellent steak there. Uh, Ike, were there were there any of uh, your pals in Malta that were that were a liability that maybe you were embarrassed <laughs> to take to any of your local places? Anyone that you're just like, oh God, just just keep it together, just keep your shit together while you're here, please. Um. Well, I had some amusing interactions with uh, Ilari Samias Zygmunt. Oh yeah. Uh, oh please. I, I, knew well at all before. i am fascinated by that guy he just seems like a dude that like puts it he looks like he knows what he's doing you know what i mean like obviously he does poker wise but like he's a weird looking scary looking dude but when i like look into his eyes he's like it's it's like it's all kind of a show like a character he puts on yeah um it is and it isn't um <laughs> he, i do feel like he has a carefully crafted Self-image? Yeah. But he does also live up to it. So what was your bizarre experience with him? Uh, well, I ran into him in the cash games. Um, I guess he started playing around 8 o'clock at night, put away a ridiculous number of drinks at the table, <laughs> ordering uh, double Bacardi and Cokes. Um, That's hot. Then decided he was going to go out to party for the evening, was gone for, and promised he would be back. 
was gone from about midnight to 6 a.m. and then kept good on his word and turned up after all of the clubs closed to rejoin the poker game. <laughs> and how did he do what he, could he still play when he got back? He could. It was incredible. I've never seen such a display of really pretty competent poker playing while that drunk. More than competent. He's really good while really drunk. It's pretty bizarre. And were you able to, you basically, you know, you know he was drunk because, you, you know, you saw what he consumed. But did he act drunk in any other way? Was it like he was just kind of like looked like your typical drunk fish but then just played like Hillary? Around 9 in the morning, a guy in a suit walked by, and he stands up and points at him and yells, Who are you? (laughs) And the guy responds, I'm a government gaming inspector. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) And Hillary shouts, Can you get me a white Russian? (laughs) You're right. That that is a very good, interesting experience with Hillary. And I imagine that had you taken him out, he may have been a liability. There's a good chance he was a liability in the time between the first and second times I played poker with him that night. I've got one more poker question for you, Ike, before we get to the game, which Mr. Stapleton has prepared for you. Uh, Towards the end of last year, I think it's fair to say it was a bit of a race to the finish line to retain your supernova elite status. How is the first quarter of 2015 going? Are you on target? I'm ahead of pace. I'm at nice. 380 KVPP right now. Oh, he'll get to celebrate Christmas this year, or whatever your family does, Ike Haxton, But Yeah, Hanukkah. Hanukkah. You'll be, able, you'll be able to experience at least seven of the eight crazy nights this year if you stay ahead of pace. I hope so. <laughs> All right, Ike. Well, I, I've come up with a little game here. It's called... The game is called... You know, we've got, we, Before I get to the name of the game, a lot of poker players like yourself, you had to relocate. You relocated to Malta. Couldn't play in the States anymore. A lot of poker players have relocated. We're going to play the same game with every relocated poker player we talked to on the show. It's called... Know Your Home. I've got a series of true or false questions I'm going to ask you about... The nation of Malta. You've been there for what, Ike, now? You've been there two years? Uh, going on four. I moved here September 2011. Four years. That is correct. Already <laughs> he's got one answer right. He's ahead of the game. He's up. He's up by one. Yes, yeah, so you've been there four years, Ike, so I'm hoping you've learned some things about Malta. Because if there's anyone in the world that doesn't learn anything other than how to play poker, it's poker players. Like, you, well, I, I don't really consider you to be one of these folks, Ike. But there are poker players that could move to a country and stay there for two years and not learn a single thing about it. So we're going to find out. I'm about to embarrass myself. We're going to find out right now. Do you know your home? Question. They're all true or false questions. Number one, there are six islands of Malta. True or false? There are two main inhabited ones. And then there's Camino, which has a couple of people who live on it year-round, and a beach that people go to for the day. And I think they're between one and three other ones that are completely uninhabited, that, like, the British used for target practice for a while. I'm going to say it's under six total. I I think false, but I'm not going to be real surprised if I'm wrong about this. He's saying false. 
False is correct. And not only did he, I mean, it was it's three islands of Malta, but he really does know his home because, yeah, one of the islands has nothing on it but a hotel. I'm a bit concerned, though, whether Ike is getting information from the builder next door. It's a bit like, remember the cheating scandal on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire where the guy coughed? Exactly. It's like, if I bang <laughs> three times, it's false. <laughs> Twice, it's true. <laughs> Question number two. Popeye's Village from the 1980s movie with Robin Williams is still on the island of Malta, but it was also used for the movie Waterworld. True or false? I was feeling confident until you said the part about Waterworld. That sounds false? False is correct. Two for two, plus the bonus question that we started off with means Ike has three correct answers. He does so far know his home. Number three, in certain parts of Malta, only cars belonging to residents are allowed on the road. Oh, he's thinking about it. He's waiting for the bangs. That's it. True or false? Oh, that's right. The builder stopped. That's, that's your little cheat man is gone, Ike. What are you going to do? It's like when James Bond takes out that guy using the binoculars in Goldfinger. I'm oh, pretty he's sure back. That's true. That is absolutely true. Ike is four for four. Number. This is uh, technically question five, then, I guess. The Verdala Palace is the official summer residence of the president of Malta. Verdala? Verdala Palace. I'm going to say false. That word doesn't sound exactly Maltese to me. Ike's finally missed one. All right. Wow, the other builder's pissed. He said, I said true. Uh, Next question. In 2013, this is an either or, not a true or false. In 2013, Malta was ranked as the 48th or the 96th happiest country on earth. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear the last phrase over the hammers. No, um, no problem, dude. Uh, in 2013, Malta was ranked the 48th or 96th happiest country on earth. If he hits it 48 times, I'm really going to know you're cheating now. I want to say 46th. I mean, this We're going like to give it a happy place. Like, 48th. 40s puts you around average, right? I think Malta's ahead of median. Correct. 48th is correct. You said 46, but 48 was the choice. We're going to give that one to you. Two more, Ike. Two more. San Blas Bay is a beach that is comprised of a rarer type of red sand. Sand Blast Bay? No, Sa- uh, San Blas Bay. San Blas Bay. Yes. The, the, uh, yeah, San Blas Bay is a beach that is comprised of a rare type of red sand gonna go with false false is incorrect that one is true one last question i think you win no matter what though final one a cave god damn it a cave (laughs) on the island supposedly served I, i shouldn't say on the island but a cave in malta supposedly served as the inspiration point for arthur c Clarke's 2001 a space odyssey that sounds false. False is... Whoops, that's wrong. It is correct. That was correct. Sorry. Slow roll. I, I, I slow rolled. You're the wrong button. It is. It was, in fact, it is rumored to believe where Homer wrote the Odyssey, not a space Odyssey. I was trying to uh, I was trying to throw you off there. You were trying to be a bit too clever. I was trying to be a bit too clever, but Ike got it. So Ike got like six questions right. Two of them he, were the only ones he missed. Ike, you, in fact, do... 
Know your home. Congratulations. Thank you. It's it's a relief to not have missed all of them. And the good news is that your residence visa will now be renewed. <laughs> all right, Ike. That's all we need from you, buddy. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And next week, we'll be speaking to another member of Team Pro who will have the washing machine on in the background. <laughs> you know, I was really picturing during that Ike interview with all the banging that he just has a giant cock and he was slamming it on the desk over and over again. Just like, you know, because when I'm playing online poker, sometimes I'm fiddling around no, with it and no, then he's just no, going... I do not need that image just, in my head, he's just, Joe. He's just slapping it on the table over and over again, knowing that we can't see what he's doing. Sorry, guys. Construction. You... No. You see, you think that of other people, but the reality is you are probably the only person playing online poker with your member. Who out. else plays with the, plays online poker with the willy out sometimes? Gilly? Gilly, no willy. Everyone's ben, shaking no. their heads, Joe. You see, you Giles think this behavior is normal. is playing with his willy right now. You okay? think this behavior is normal, but it's just you. You are a disturbed individual. You I, need help. No one else takes porn breaks when they're playing online poker. Well, I didn't say that. Okay, so your willy's in your hand for some of the time. Not while you're playing poker. Because if you think about it, you can only finish during that five-minute break right at the end of the hour. So what I like to do is I like to I like to get real fired up for the oh. 55 minutes beforehand. I'm co- No. No. All right, he's done with this. Yeah, you know when I was dry heaving earlier on at the thought of your poo? It's worse. All right, buddy. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save you with a little bit of shilling. Yes, because we said to Ike that we will be in Monaco at the end of April for the conclusion of Season 11, the PokerStars and Monte Carlo Casino EPT Grand Final. And Joe, how do you like the sound of this? Playing the main event, a 10K Euro buy-in tournament for free. Me like you the sound of that a lot. Because there are free rolls running on PokerStars right now, every single day, up to and including the 5th of April. And not just one free roll a day, four of them. 9.15 in the morning, 12.15 in the afternoon, 5.15 in the evening, 8.15 at night. Four free rolls a day. That's uh, that's really convenient, especially, I mean, I don't know why, because the people who are playing free rolls mostly have a lot of free time anyway. They can play at any time of day. But whatever, they've made it convenient for you somehow. All these times, Eastern Time Zone, by the way, how you get into these free rolls is by depositing $70 or more using the bonus code EPTMILLION. So that's EPT million, all one word, all uppercase. That'll get you into one of these free rolls for a day. And 250 people will be going forward from each free roll into the grand final qualifier where there are three prize packages plus 5,000 euros in cash prizes. And when we talk about the prize package, I think it's important to point out, Joe, that it's not just the 10,000 euro buy-in. Yeah. Uh, you also get your travel, eight nights accommodation, at the Monte Carlo Bay Hotel and Resort, which is an awesome hotel. It's a really nice hotel. Uh, And of course, additional expenses as well. So check out these free rolls, four of them a day, and you can get a ticket to get into that free roll by depositing 70 bucks or more using the bonus code EPTMillion. And remember, you need to do it before the 5th of April. And you could be our online qualifier. I mean, certainly qualifying for nothing online could be our online qualifier for the for the monaco shows i think that would make you the hot favorite to be qualifier uh, we have had online qualifiers who've made final tables sadly and obviously we weren't around last week to talk about the penultimate episode of the upt 100 yeah. main event but we saw our qualifier come very close but eventually bubble the official final table bram henrates went out in ninth place so he wasn't one of the final eight who competed for that title in this week's tv show 
TV recap. But I'll tell you who was at that final table, Joe. Ji Zhang. Ji Zhang. A guy who has incurred a fair amount of wrath on the Twitters. Yeah, so it wasn't... His really bad slow roll was two episodes ago, right? Not the final table, but he did have a slight slow roll at the final table also, right? Took him forever to call with Queens. Yeah. Uh, he did explain, by the way, why he took, why he was so angry about uh, being being called when he moved all in with aces, because he's seen people lose with aces before. People, ha- a guy lost with aces once. I saw it. I seen it. I seen it one time. But here's some of the feedback, uh, not just to last night's show that went out on Channel Four and is now available for you to watch at YouTube.com/slash/PokerStars, but also to the show before, yeah, uh, which saw the slow roll with aces. Luke Godfrey says there is nothing worse than a slow roll. Totally bad etiquette at the poker table. However, Era34 UK says, love the slow roll. And Left Brain says, you've got to love a slow roll. It's compulsory, apparently. So there's, there's, I, I take issue with both the first and second opinions that you read on the slow roll because both of them sort of are written with the understanding that the slow roll was intentional. And it wasn't. It wasn't an intentional slow roll. Like the guy doesn't not just doesn't know what he's doing. There is a difference between a slow roll and a knit roll. And a knit roll is where someone should snap call, but maybe their understanding of the game is not strong enough yeah. that they don't realize that. It's just a knit roll. Like because if the guy's slow rolling, right, you look for a reaction. Like when you turn your cards over, you're like, ah, you make the more a Monday face. You're like, ah, aces, <laughs> ah, ah, right? But he didn't do that. Like he didn't even look up. He was genuinely concerned. He was like, oh, do I really want to get it all in with aces here? Okay, yes, I do. Like that's what the dude did. Now I can understand the player it happens to being upset, but I don't think we can really demonize a guy for just being kind of a dunce. Yes, I think that's fair comment. Um, By the way, uh, a couple of people not overly happy with the final result of EPT 100 Barcelona. Sasha Rose wanted Sam Phillips to win. Do you know why? Sam Phillips's eyes. Hashtag just saying. He does have really kind, pretty eyes. And Greg O'Connor tweets, hate Latau. Disrespectful to Shatilov. Remember when he stormed off? And the rail needs to stop saying seven. Seven! <laughs> There was that, yeah. So I'm glad that we finally, I mean, it's so funny because we had to, they've been shouting seven the whole tournament. And when it was happening live, we didn't really know what the deal was. We were just annoyed by it. And oh, then, but wasn't it great that we got one of Andre Letao's friends to try and explain twice why they, why they were shouting it, only for us to be none the wiser? Seven is actually um, kind of interesting because we have some flipping games and stuff. If you're sitting around and just going to a restaurant and something, you have to pay the uh, checks and stuff and the bills. And... There we have to play uh, some flipping games and every time the seven is coming, so it's kind of insider, so like the seven is always coming, so you can't really lose. These dudes were yelling seven constantly, and luckily we had fucking sevens guy to get to the bottom of it. Uh, I would just recommend watching the show. It makes sense. Like, he doesn't really make any sense, but if you think about it, it's just an inside joke between them and their friends. But, I mean, that's, to me, what's really most interesting about this final table is Andre Latau was just such a weird character. Like, he was so hyperactive and so verbal, and he had a foul mouth, like a really foul mouth. But also, he didn't seem like a bad guy. Like, he was easy to dislike, I'm not going to lie, because he was just, he was hopped up. Like, he was just 
I, maybe it was adrenaline. I, maybe he was drinking too much coffee. Is it fair to say there were kind of two winners? Because Sam Phillips won the most money, right? He walks away with yes. more than a million. Latau got less than 800k. Okay, he's an EPT champion, but you kind of feel that Phillips is the guy that the, the attention should be on equally, if not more. Yeah, especially because when it came time to to interview the winner. Now, Sam seemed like, the you know, he's like a poker coach and, you know, he seems to be like he's really been at it for a while. And then, so, you know, of course, I did this winner interview with Andre and he gave one of the... Now, the winner interview is something, look, I'm not going to lie, it's like something that's good for business, right? When it's like, when it's like, let's say it's Tom Middleton, a guy who raises the trophy over I'm so happy, it's a dream come true. But everyone out there is thinking, but hey, Joe, I just watched the show on the Pokestars YouTube channel. There wasn't a winner interview in the final edit. Exactly, because he one of the answers he gave was so bad and so bad for poker that we couldn't run the interview. But since it's only hardcore fans listening to this show anyway, we're going to play it for you now. Andre, here we are in Barcelona for EPT 100, back in the home of the first flop. Tell me right now, how big of a dream come true is this for you? Yeah, it's probably the biggest dream has come true. I'm super, super excited. Great. Don't know what to say. I'm so far, so good. I want to say thanks to my whale and to, to my parents. Seven. Supporting me. Big support on the rail over here. Uh, you guys made a deal three-handed, but you still—it was still kind of a grueling heads-up match. Yeah. Was that over the ninety thousand euros, or did you really want to be the champion of EPT one hundred? To be to be honest. I wanted the money. Oh, the no, no, no. So, but it's okay to be an EPT champion, I guess. In my first EPT. It's okay, okay to be okay. an EPT champion. It's, it's just okay to be an EPT champion, but ninety thousand euros—that spends anywhere. Let's get a big round of applause for the winner here at EPT 11 Barcelona, Andre Letal. So, the general consensus, you know, from the TV production was, we can't use that. We can't use it and be like. It's okay being an EPT champion. Yep. So he uh, he was an interesting character. I actually think he's quite likable. I think that he's just a little rambunctious. He was just a little too amped up. Who did you think he looked like? Poochie, right? Po from yeah, he's Poochie. He's Poochie from The Simpsons. He's like, I'm Poochie. Like he was just a little over the top. He was. I a have to OTT. go now. My planet needs me. But <laughs> that's amazing. He uh, had some amazing lines during uh, during EPT Barcelona. He just had some some crazy things. He, he, and there was one sound clip we couldn't find. But do you remember when he demanded a steak? Remember when they were like three handed or heads up? And he's like, I want the steak. Bring me a steak. And I was like, dude, we need protein. It was a long final table. We talk about Malta going the distance. This one was just as bad. This one was really long. And all I want to say is like in the condition he was in, I was very surprised he could even think about food. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, so he just out with all the mo these such ridiculous lines. Some of it was very entertaining to watch. We suggest going back and watching the show. But if you've seen it already, thanks to Gilly and Giles here, we do have the Andre Latau supercut. Gotcha. What the fuck? How the fuck? You lost the pot today, Sam. What a crusher. Even shop, anyone? Shop? Even shop, yeah. We just stop playing and split the rest. Yeah! I have no anti chips, I'm such a loser. Have I ever won a pot at the final table? Seven! 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 Seven one time! How much you start? I forgot it. Why so much? What's wrong with the world? All what I have. 
Boah, es. Was ist das? Was kannst du machen? Oh, next level is awesome. What hit? I have the nuts. Four sevens, please. Seven! 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 To be honest, I wanted the money. <laughs> My absolute favorite Andre Latal moment was when he, some guy gets it in so bad against him and he like tables the nuts and he just goes, what the fuck? He was like, "What's wrong with the world?" He, he, what is wrong with the world? Like, was my, I, I couldn't even believe he was so angry that someone would play. His, I mean, in his mind, so badly, it was hysterical. Just before we put this show to bed, a couple yeah. more tweets. Emma Louise Wright says, "Watching EPC 100, realizing how much I miss playing live poker. Time to dust off the card protector." Dan says, "Enjoy watching EPC 100 tonight. First time watching poker on TV." It's very entertaining. Oh, that's cool. That's a nice little tweet. And last but by no means least, John Doe says, will you not use the buffoon commentator next time, please? What well, terrible thing to say about James. Are you saying that John Doe should therefore be ineligible to be considered a super He's fan? He's not quite on the super fan listing yet, the super fan directory. I had a couple nice things on my Twitter come through, and my, my Facebook also. Also, uh, Robbie Mack said, hate laughing so hard late in bed, but Latow's victory lap has me totally creased. And that was also hysterical when he goes running, tearing out of the room after winning a hand. Um, so yeah, it was a good show. I, if we can go back to Malta for one second, we, the, the, this is why we don't like long heads up battles, by the way, because you know what we forgot about? Dominic Panka. Dominic Panka finishing third is incredible. Kid wins the PCA, wins a high roller in Deauville. Just about a year later, he's at another final table. He just bubbled the final table. And what was it? Barcelona, right? Yeah, in, the show, yeah. In, the, in, the, in one of the shows that we've just shown. So, yeah, absolutely. And here is a guy who cut through near enough 900 players to get that third place finish. And I'm going to take full credit for it. I'm going to say it's the podcast bump. You appear as a guest on EPT Not Live. You are guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed not, not guaranteed, guaranteed, to final table an EPT main event. Also, it was his birthday. Happy birthday. It was. Do you think he had a good day? Have a good day. Well, someone is about to have a very good day indeed because we are going to pick an EPT superfan to go heads up against Joe Stapleton. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. We have had a flurry of applications. Remember, tag your tweets, EPT not live, stating why you deserve to be considered a superfan. Ed Kilworth says, I'm too modest to call myself a superfan, but I've been watching since the Colin Murray, John Duffy, and Portly Lee Jones days. Agreed. No, he's on the list for sure. Also on the list, Varun Natish. I think everyone who watched the entirety of the Mortar Final table deserves EPT superfan status. Peter Blow says, I watched the whole final table. I am a super fan. Dana Craven says, I am a super fan. Does this count as my application? Yes, it does. And so, let's not forget Nick Vasquez. He says, I'm trying to cement my status during the Malta event as a super fan so I can take on stapes on EPT Not Live. So basically, we've got a number of names that we're going to put into the hat. Okay, we're putting them into the hat. And we are going to need to spin and see who gets to go heads up in a game of EPT trivia for the prize.
It's Dana Craven. Hello. Hi, Dana. <laughs> what a giggle. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, Dana Craven. How's it going? It's good. I mean, it's weird that you, I mean, you hear us talk all the time. We're the ones that should be giggling. We've never heard you talk before. Exactly. So giggle away. Let me hear it. Dana, you are the first American <laughs> super fan on the show. Uh, am I right in thinking you live in the state of Florida? That's correct. Am I right in thinking you live, I'd say, a reasonable distance from the Seminole Hard Rock? That is correct. And yet, even though Joe and I made all that effort to fly across the Atlantic and come to that resort last year, you didn't come and say hello. Well, I waved across the state. Does that matter? Does that help? Oh, is it, a, is it across the state? That's a long way to go. Yeah, it's about four hours. Yeah, that's okay. okay. That's forgivable. That's fine. I mean, I, I mean, we flew like nine hours, but, you know, driving four is probably, you know, well, gas prices. Nine, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Wow, she's not good at being guilted. Are you nope. a mar- are you a married woman? I am. Yeah, you're a pro at this. You're a pro at winning <laughs> arguments. Now, Dana, obviously, as a resident of the United States of America, sadly, you cannot compete for the Step C right. ticket. Take it up with your local politicians. However, <laughs> you can potentially win a coveted "Everyone Loves a Chop Pot" T-shirt. That's what you're playing for here today. Okay. That's how great the Chop Pot t-shirt is. And the other thing I should say is that I have been under extraordinary pressure to make the questions easier. So hopefully you'll find these questions not as hard as we've had in previous rounds of Superfan versus Stapes. Well, I definitely appreciate that. Dana, have you been listening to the show? I have. I'm up to episode two and I'm going to listen to three today, so... Because I think another, you know, if you're a super fan, you would have heard all the episodes. And James, I think a great test one time would be to ask the exact same questions that you asked the week before. <gasps> That's a good one. Well, Evil. I, you are evil. I've got different questions this time around. And also, I, they're not as hard <laughs> as last time. However, and this is a bit of a spoiler, Dana, because you haven't listened to episode three yet. But the super fans finally scored a victory against Stapes. Well, I did see that on Twitter. And that I means do, that, I do know that. <laughs> as the superfans are the reigning champions, you get to go first. So I'm now going to open the questions from the sealed envelope. Are you ready, Dana Craven, to take on Stapes? I am ready. Dana, if you win, you get to have the envelope that James licked. Oh, ew. No, okay, no. It, it, it's self-sealing. Don't the postage on it, that. It, it's self-sealing. Don't worry. There is no, no <laughs> expense. Said, ew, as far as I'm concerned, she's already failing the superfan. <laughs> portion of this she doesn't want my dna i know what's going on uh let's get to this round one question one superfan versus states dana craven the superfan what does ept stand for (laughs) it stands for european poker tour correct you're one nil up (laughs) oh boy Joe Stapleton, your question. On which continent do most European poker tour events take place? What's considered a continent? Europe, Europe. Correct. Okay, I thought this was going to be one of those things where, like, because, you know, because Dana's a girl and she gets probably free drinks because she has boobs that she was going to get easy questions but we're both getting easy questions i got really good boobs i get really good drinks hello yes she does hold on i gotta have some kind of uh (laughs) sound effect for that 
That's hot. <laughs> okay, Danny, your next question. Who are the hosts of the EPT TV shows? James Hardigan and Joe Stapleton. Wow, she's gone up 2-1. I feel like this is going to be a stalemate. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I am the smartest airhead you'll ever meet. Joe, what is the name of the webcast that is broadcast from European Poker Tour events? Hold on, I know this. He's struggling. I know this. Uh, EPT Live. Yes, correct. <laughs> wow, it's two points each. Obviously, uh, people faring much better with these questions than the uh, harder questions we've had in earlier weeks. <laughs> wow, it's just usually I'm the one that's passive-aggressive about criticism. This time, James has really pulled out all the stops. Danny, your final question. And to go 3-2 up against Joe, what was the most recent EPT destination? Malta. Correct. You got all your questions right. Let's see if Joe can go three for three as well. Joe Stapleton. At which event did Anatoly Gertovoy secure his first EPT main event cash? And now's <laughs> where the other shoe drops. Oh, I was waiting for this one. Um, okay, Anatoly Gertovoy, his first main event cash. Do I have to get the year and the... Oh, yeah. Hmm, Anatoly Gertovoy. He is the... I can't even think of who that is. I can't even think of who that human being is. He is... Oh, wait. No, I know what he looks like now. I know what he looks like. Can you picture him cashing for the first time on an EPT? I can picture him cashing for the first time on an EPT. It was Barcelona Season 8. No, it was the 2009 PCA. Dana Craven, you're a winner! Hold on, we got uh, something good here. We'll do this one. Oh, and Dana... You won that $215 Sunday... Oh, no, you yeah, didn't. No. Oh, jeez. Just rub it in, Stapes. Oh, man. <laughs> However... As you... a consolation prize, you get to live in Florida also. Okay. Not so bad. The key, th <laughs> the key thing is you do get a money-can't-buy prize. Yes, I know FPPs can buy it, but that's not the point. You get an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Yay. Yay. I'm so the superfans are now tied to all with Joe Stapleton. <laughs> are you going to rub it in my face? Congratulations, Dana. And uh, we will be in touch and we will ship you your T-shirt. Thank you so much. And have a good day. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Dana. You too. Oh, uh, you too. Take care, okay? Have a good day. <laughs> Congratulations, Dana. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Steves. <laughs> You know how we use the uh, the spin and go this thing to choose what super fan we were gonna use this week. I uh, I had a spin and go fuck up this week. I um, so you know how my computer's been messing up a lot. You know, it shut down in the middle of the Malta broadcast. The wireless doesn't work on it anymore. I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I'm gonna I'm not an IT expert, Joe, but I'm gonna suggest it might be time to buy a new computer. Yeah, I'm gonna get a new one in LA. By the way, no show next week. Uh, James is going on vacation. I'm going to Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, so we're going to take one week off. Uh, so we'll be back um, the second week of April, or is it the third week of April? Basically, we're going to record the show on the 15th, so it should be out two days after that. And we're going to have a couple of TV shows to talk about, because obviously our Barcelona coverage has concluded, but we've got the first two episodes of EPT 11 
London. That's right. We got London to cover. So anyway, uh, my computer's been messing up. I'm getting a new one in LA, but it's been messing up. And so I went to play a spin and go this week and I play the $15 ones and my computer just so happened to like freeze or crash in the middle of the spin and it landed on $54,000 <gasps> for like four seconds. And I was like, yes, yes, yeah, no, no, because then it finished spinning and went to like 60 after that. And so I just got totally trolled by the client and by my computer mostly. Well, you, so, you know how I like to accentuate the positive? $60 is still better than a W it money. It is still better than a W money. I also didn't win, by the way. I was with the best hand. <laughs> I was going to say, what does it matter what the prize pool was going to be, Joe? There's still, you know, you're still, you're still odds against to win. Honestly, if I'm going to be on, yes, I would rather it only be worth $60 than have it be worth 54000 and lose because my computer would have ended right then, right then and there. <laughs> It would have gone out the window. Right over my knee. And we were on the seventh story. Yeah, absolutely. So that would have been a little dangerous. Guys, that's all the time we've got for this week's show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so remember, if you want to apply to be on Superfan versus Stapes, tag your tweets, EPT Not Live. Tell us why you deserve to be on the show. Watch the EPT 11 London TV shows. They're on Channel 4 in the UK. You can also watch them at youtube.com slash pokerstars. That is it. Time to get out of here. For myself, Joe Stapleton, and my work wife, James Hardigan, smell you later.